Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yes I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. This episode is sponsored by Soul Sister, a company that creates hand-sewn inspirational clothing and products for everyone. What I love about them is their products embody authenticity. Each of their creations is different, and when it comes to designs and fabrics, they can create something that uniquely reflects you or your loved ones. And their mission is to live in a world with zero landfill fabric waste, and they source landfill fabrics from around the world and transform them into something beautiful. It's also founded by my amazing friend, Sean Create Parody, who's an incredible human being with a heart of gold. And I've seen her turn old keepsakes, jerseys, meaningful clothing items into a -a one-of-a-kind quilt. And in an age where most of our gifts come mass-produced, you just can't get more meaningful and unique gifts than that. So go check them out at www.soulsister.com, spelled S-E-W-L sister.com. Let's support our local businesses. Plus, with each purchase, you'll support organizations that assist with moving victims out of human trafficking. Soul Sister teaches sewing in local communities to those affected by human trafficking, empowering them to create beauty again. So once again, go check them out at www.soulsister.com, S-E-W-L sister.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Yes, I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you. You know, I am really excited about our guest today. She is just an absolute fireball. Uh, When I first met her, I'm like, yes, you definitely get to be on my podcast. And I'm excited to share your story. And I'm excited for you to hear about not only what she's created, but her journey to what got her to just being such a big impact in the world today. So she is the CEO and creative director of Stardust Creative, a branding agency catering to making big impacts on a shoestring budget. She's an international speaker. She's a personal brand expert. She's a LinkedIn influencer and a top LinkedIn creator with over 80,000 followers. Now she's worked with teams at Fortune 500 companies from all around the world to master their digital reputation for their executives and build inclusive environments for their leadership teams. And she is the Universal Women's Network 2019 winner of the Diversity and Inclusiveness Award. And she is also a strong leader in mindset and disability. And she is inspiring minds all across the globe with her personal story of growth, determination, and chronic illness. So please help me in welcoming the one and only Chantel Sumas. Chantel, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us today. I'm so excited to have you. Woo! I feel like I should like give myself a round of applause, right? <laughs> the audience, but thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I love talking about authenticity, being vulnerable, and all the magic that comes with it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm, I'm so excited to have you. And just your your story was is so inspiring. And I think you know, not only just with what you're creating in terms of with 
your work today, but really it's, it's the journey that has led you to here. And, you know, the, the impact that you're making in the world is so needed right now. So I'd love to really start there. Take us along the journey of what really led you to creating what you're creating today, your stand in the world um, with, you know, really being a stand for, um, you know, not only being a personal brand expert, but you know, just how you show up in your authenticity, in your power, and also really being a stand um, for diversity and inclusiveness as well. Sure. So I guess I can start at the beginning. And the beginning for this story was um, about six years ago, I had done the whole corporate deal. I had about four years experience at a corporation where I just didn't feel valued as an employee. So I was really investigating what was next for my career and how I could grow up and be, be challenged as a marketer. And, um, I accepted my dream role and everything fell apart with that dream role. And I was unemployed and the stress of the unemployment, as well as being a new mom and the hormones that are all associated with that started to eat away at my body physically. I mean, literally my body was shutting down and it started with my vision getting lost. My vision got really blurry in one eye. And I remember calling my husband and saying, Hey, do you have any idea what this is? And he goes, Oh yeah, it's probably an ocular migraine or something crazy like this. I've had them before. Give it 24 hours. Well, I gave it 24 hours and it didn't go away. It just got worse and worse. And then it spread to my other eye. And then my walking started to be all funny. Like I had Charlie horses in my legs. And anyways, you know, the whole, uh, rigmarole with, um, having being unemployed in the United States is you don't have health insurance usually. So I was trying to really like put all my prayers apart and, uh, rely on some essential oils and, (laughs) you know, all the different things that people tell you, Hey, try this, try this, try that. I tried it all, trust me. And it wasn't until uh, like my breaking point when my parents forced me in. And because of course you're 25, you still need your parents to tell you what to do. And it was a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. And I had no idea what this was. I had no idea what chronic illness was or autoimmune disease, but it turns out that I've had plenty my entire life, but I just didn't have diagnosis or, or connecting the dots there. So now I was unemployed and I had to apply for a job checking this disability box because I couldn't see anything. As a marketer, your eyes are your biggest skill set to understand how to find copy editing errors and design flaws, et cetera. So this was a new challenge for me. And every time I checked that box that said I required reasonable accommodation, I never heard back. And I put out so many resumes. I mean, everything from being in customer service roles, just answering a phone to helping people try and bridal gowns, everything. And I never got a call back. So I basically had to start from square one. I went through this massive grieving process as you do in a transition like that. And, uh, ultimately decided, no, I'm going to get out of this funk. I'm not going to apply for disability. I'm going to keep my, my, my skill set strong and leverage what I spent so many years and so much money on college education to, to, you know, fulfill my dreams in my career. And that's when I really found out what personal branding is and the magic of building a strong reputation through the people that, you know, as well as your digital presence, because social media can be used in so many good ways. And a lot of people aren't seeing the the benefits there. So that's how I started my business by building my own personal brand. And then people started to see 
my digital footprint or a thumbprint or whatever, all around, all around social media and started asking questions. How can you, can you help me? How can I become a thought influencer in this area? And you know what? That's, uh, that's the story. That's how the cookie crumbled. So I'm still doing it today. I absolutely love it. I just landed like three new clients in the last two days and I'm over the moon happy that I'm not going to let a disability or chronic illness hold me back. And I don't think it should hold anybody back. Mm, I think that, first of all, thank you for sharing your story with us. And I think it's so powerful because there were so many things that were in your way that you could have just gone, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. Like, this is something that is even, you know, it, it, it it's, it's not something that you're like, oh, you know, if I ignore it, it's going to go away. It's, it's literally something like you said, that was very, very key in the job that you had and the work that you were doing. And instead yeah. of staying in that space, you chose to pivot, you chose to find something that you could not only be passionate about, but you know, you could really create something out of even with everything that was happening in your life. So what was really, you know, when you were at that crossroad between you know, this is where I am knowing that, you know, you had MS and that there was certain obstacles that were in, in, in the way. What was the pivot for you? What was the, you know, what was the determining factor for you that led you to really using that, if anything, as a foundation for you to build what you're creating and who you are and really have you stand out versus having that be something that holds you down and stops you from really going for, you know, what your vision is for your life? So there were two things. So like the first was I started to build my community of people in the MS community and chronic illness area, people with disabilities. And I reached out and asked them what I should do since I couldn't get a job anywhere. Do I apply for disability or what? Hmm. And they actually told me, no joke. I mean, you'd think that a support community would give you support, but no, they told me to just give up. Nobody's ever going to want me with a disability and that it takes three years to qualify for social security benefits. So I should start applying now because I'll be broke for the next three years while I wait for those benefits to roll in. And that to me was a shocker to tell a, a young woman. And, you know, when looking back, I was a girl. I mean, I was just beginning my life, my career, my everything, just had a baby, all this stuff. And for the community to say, sorry, you should basically just give up now and live, you know, at home and basically just watch Netflix every day. No, that didn't seem like an okay thing to me. And then, um, the second part of that, the second determining pivot was, um, rock bottom, like ultimate rock bottom. I mean, I had to basically crawl from room to room to get a bottle ready for my son. And I was having seizures where I couldn't even hold my son without the fear of dropping him uncontrollably. Mm. And those, those fears and that sadness and that feeling like I can't even be a mom. What is my purpose in this world? If I can't even, you know, feed my child, what's the point? And I remember a clear as day, you know, going out on the deck, it was the summer calling the hospital saying, I need medication. I need something. I need hope. I need a treatment. What can I do for this incurable disease? Because I need something, just anything, just give me anything. And at that point they said, if you are this desperate, you need to admit yourself immediately because we cannot risk you taking your life because of this disarray or sadness that you're in. Mm. And that was like the wake up call, you know, am I really, is this it? am I really going to do this or am I going to be here for my child? And, 
you know, dance with him on his wedding day, you know, all of these things that come rushing to your mind and you finally have a purpose and tying myself to that purpose and my mission and my, he's my anchor with everything. I mean, my husband's great and all, but it's my son (laughs) that really like, gosh, it's something about that. So that those are both of my, my two pivots, my two determining factors in understanding that life is so much more than the struggles that we are faced with. And it's empowering too, when you get into the right mindset, but it is hard. It's not easy. Every day is a struggle, but you know, what would life be if it was so easy? It wouldn't be nearly as magical, would it? Mm. I just love just the way that you approach it because where with everything that came up for you, like, especially when you were part of, like you said, the support group that was supposed to support you. But if anything told you give up hope, there is no hope. There is nothing for you here you could have taken that as like, wow, like there really is nothing beyond this. And like, this is it. But I love what I'm hearing there. And what I love what you said is that your purpose shouldn't lie outside of you. Your why for why you're here and why you should get up and continue to move forward no matter what is going on in the moment, what your past is, shouldn't have anything to do with someone else giving you that validation or that green light for you to do so. And I really resonate with that because, you know, kind of in a similar situation, even for me, I remember that moment when I was, I decided and I came out to, to transition. And I remember being told like, no, one's ever going to love someone like you, like who would accept someone like you. And even same thing, I went to support groups and they were like, you know what? I just want to let you know, get ready. You're going to lose all your family, all your friends, you know, doctors are not going to want to like serve you. You're going to lose your family doctor. So just get ready. You're going to lose your job, everything. Like we lost everything. And I was just like, wow, like, is this really it? Like, is this really all there is to choosing to be authentically who I am and, you know, being inauthentic and, and pretending my way through life. And so, because I mean, for you, you could have easily not checked the disability box and pretended as well just to get a job, but you chose to move forward anyway. So, you know, I, I, I love what you said about how it really is within you and it isn't outside of you. You know, I feel like faking it and putting on a facade takes so much more energy than Mm. being real and, and into yourself. And I experienced those, that numbing sadness and mental health issues and depression and anxiety and OCD my whole life, that this was just a whole nother, a whole nother curveball that you can't plan for. So it really is you. That's all you have at the end of the day. And my dad said something so beautiful. So multiple sclerosis is basically an incurable cancer of the nervous system. And in my specific case, I am always that 1% of of side effects, like in extremely rare cases, this has resulted in heart attack, stroke, death. Yeah, that's me. Thankfully, (laughs) knock on wood, I'm basically a cockroach. So there's that. But what what I'm circling back around to is the magic of the brain and how the brain can rewire itself with neuroplasticity and reframing and hope. And there's just so much magic there that we can really control that relies. We have all the tools that we need to succeed in life. We don't need much other than what we have right up here. Mm, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I, I think this conversation is actually perfect for the time that we're in right now, as we're recording, this is just like, you know, the end of 2020, which, you know, perfect to really illustrate that you really can't plan. You really can't plan your life you out <laughs> as much as you want. So I love what you said about 
reframing, like really it's your mindset. It's all up here. We have all the tools we need. What are like, what are, uh, you know, one or two things that has really been powerful for you in really reframing your circumstance, reframing your situation to really empower you instead of disempowering you? Ooh, you know, I feel like I need to preface this. And I think I talked to you about this beforehand, but I was always so against the cliche. I was always one of those rebels that was anti being a yoga mom and, you know, you know, granola and stuff like that. I hated that. But then I fell in love with, with yoga and I became the yoga mom because that mindfulness and meditation and the, the absence of thought helped that clarity in who you are as an individual. So that mindfulness and neuroplasticity and understanding how neuroscience actually works. What is the the magic behind the brain and the, the quantum physics at a very, very basic level? I think everybody should take a course in because when you reframe every single thought that comes through your mind from a negative into a positive, that's magic. For example, okay, with this crazy pivot that we've all had to do in our lives for COVID um, just being more careful and dealing with interruptions is a big thing, especially as a mom that has children in the house, um, that are learning virtually. I was really frustrated at first. It was a very hard transition because I was working, running my empire from my home and had this little dude saying, mommy, I don't know how to read this, you know? And it was frustrating at first, but then it turned into a gift, you know, reframing it as I get so many extra mommy moments that I get to bank, you know, this is a gift beyond measure. Those interruptions are opportunities for me to connect with this little person and us to build memories together. So it's easy to easier said than done. Always. It's not a, a switch. You can just flip. It takes practice. It takes commitment and it takes consistency. And I really do attribute a lot of my recovery and healing to the mindset involved and being in a more positive, healthier space. Because when you're feeding your body positive things, you're going to get a positive result, right? It's a simple equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's really powerful to really, you know, really talk about in terms of the importance of health. And at the very core of it, health really, like really focusing on health really comes down to loving yourself, really loving yourself to nourish yourself, to give yourself the time to really focus on mindfulness, to really be, um, really sit with yourself. And I, and I find that, you know, there, there's a lot of this noise just in the society that we're in. Often we're so busy running, 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 chasing the next thing that the number one person that we often neglect is ourselves and Mm. who ends up paying the price we do and the people around us. So for you, you know, what did you discover in sitting and taking time with your yoga, with mindfulness, like how did that, um, how, what was the impact that that made for you that really led to you, you know, really embracing your life in, in a different way? Oh, that's a good question. I really was in a very sad place. I mean, rock bottom galore. And this wasn't my first rock bottom. Like every time you hit rock bottom, you're like, it can't get worse than this. (laughs) Well, surprise, it can <laughs> and it may. So be prepared. So when it comes to that, it it really was building this holistic experience, changing every single corner of my life to reflect what I want out of my life, which is good, which is hope, which is magic and sparkle. And 
instead of, you know, every single little thing that they add up. So when you focus on the little things and on the details, you know, not stressing out about them, but putting more intention into them. That's what, what brings the magic. That's what brings the results. And I realized when I was on autopilot in my career as a significant other, as a friend, I was not a good asset to myself, let alone the relationships that I had. So being more intentional about everything that I do became a mission for me. It became a core purpose so that I could design the life that I wanted in loving myself. And this is coming from somebody, you know, if you would have asked me when I was 10, 11, 12, I hated myself. Even six years ago, I could not look myself in the mirror. I ha- I didn't even know how to do my makeup until two years ago. So as a <laughs> as a girl, that was kind of crazy for me. So really about loving yourself. It is a healing journey. It is important for your health, your overall health, and it can give you the strength that you never knew you had. So I love that you mentioned that love thyself. Yeah, I love that. And, and even the, you know, I love what you said about intention because intention is something that I actually find that we don't talk a whole lot about because often we wake up, like you said, we go on autopilot. We think of every single day as a to-do list. To-do lists though are different than being intentional about what it is that not only what you're putting on there, but what exactly Mm -hmm. are you creating that day? And so tell us a little bit more about that intention piece and why that has, that is so important for really setting not only your day up for success, but really your life up for success. Yes. Well, I mean, if you're talking about quantum physics or the law of attraction, attraction means you need action. So in order to put that action in, you need that intention. You need that goal. You need that alignment to drive forward. That's why so many people are more successful when they have established goals, let alone written goals that are reminders to be intentional and to keep that focus. So intention really is everything in life, in in your success. Um, You know, I, I, gotta say, it really has changed my life upside down. I never would have expected that I would be an entrepreneur, let alone an entrepreneur with disabilities and being able to work around those and make my disabilities work as a different ability, work as a superpower in the sense that, sure, I can't see very well. If you look at my phone, you'd laugh because it looks like a 90 year old's phone with the text super big. Um, (laughs) But I have attention, I slow down and I'm resourceful in other ways. I have a creative resourcefulness and and crafty nature to get around those obstacles that I face regularly that other people wouldn't have. So everybody has different ways that make them unique. And it's usually those perceived flaws that make them the most beautiful creature that that could be. Mm, Yeah, I, I love what you said there just around how we can really reframe those flaws to be a part of our superpower. And I think Mm -hmm. that really ties in very nicely with what authenticity really is, because often we feel like, you know, you see this narrative, you know, in social media, you see this narrative in society around how you have to be a certain way in order to be good enough, in order to be worthy, in order to be able to do this and that, or to, it's almost like a, a a, a box you have to fit in in order to be like, well, now you can be successful. And I love what you said that actually isn't what makes us all similar is actually what makes us different. That is our superpower because what makes us unique is what makes us stand out. And if anything, there isn't one of us anywhere else in the world. So why not embrace us instead of trying to change who we are? 
I love it. Yes, we need to embrace it. That's so beautiful when you think about that and how big the universe is and how special we truly are being the only us in the entire universe, the only person with our exact stories and lessons to tell. People should embrace that more and live through their stories, through their truth. That authenticity really is everything. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I think is, you know, really powerful just around how you show up and your story as well is that you're really out in the open about, you know, about you having MS, just even just you being able to laugh about how you got like really big letters on your phone. And, you know, if, if, we, if I were to just meet you on the street, I would have no clue. And you could have just not said anything and, you know, like not bring it up and, and hide it. And I think one thing that I really want to talk about is, is around shame, like really not having shame about ourselves and the things that we think make us different or not good enough. And so how have you been able to break through that? Because, you know, for you, especially at 25, when you're first diagnosed, that's like, you know, it it isn't common that someone that's so young is diagnosed with MS and yet you've embraced it. If anything, you have doubled down on like, Hey, this is me. This is what makes me different. And it's become like a foundation, a platform for you to build on. So, you know, talk, um, tell us a little bit more about just how you've been able to break through that so that you can embrace your full authentic self. Oh my Lord. Okay. So Renee Brown, can we get some yes. snaps to Renee Brown? Right? <laughs> I love Renee. Yes. Oh, that, that understanding shame and the power and the hold that shame can have on you was something that I learned through her, through her written words in her books and being able to understand that and correlating that then to your personal brand and how you are perceived because people do make judgments about you constantly. It's inevitable. I can't tell you how many stages I've spoken on where I get, you know, 90% of the feedback, maybe 95 is really great. But then you always have those people that just aren't your people. They don't connect with you, your, your message, your tone or anything like that. And sometimes those people are so damaged inside that they don't know how to connect with other people. So there's a lot of different variables that come into play when you have to drop shame and deal with that judgment. Now, going back to that topic, I was always so feared of, of judgment and shame and all of these, these elements of people not being liked. I had this, this thing growing up that I needed to be liked. And I never had a place or a table to sit at at lunchtime, you know, I never had a good core group of friends, but I kept myself busy with activities like swimming and music and uh, show choir and all that nerdy stuff. Um, because that was, that was my friend. My friend were those activities. That's the place that I had. So knowing that judgment, it was really that fear. And it kept me in this like self-loathing phase because if people didn't like me, I didn't like me. And at that time I didn't have anyone to like me. I almost put my invested, my self-worth into the relationships I built with you know, my significant others, which were always really toxic. Mm. So except for, you know, there was a couple good, decent people in there, but <laughs> I, I won, I won the gold mine with, with my significant other. And it, it was really a, a healing journey together because, and that's another thing that's a very important topic is how it takes a village to heal. It really does. It takes understanding and commitment and patience from your loved ones as well. Like you said, unless you're, you may lose them all because it is a, when you go through something like that, that's so dramatic and, and you need the support system and you don't have it. Well, then you got to find a new one. So 
dropping the shame is, is important just to get through those judgment, get the, get through the fear of being judged because guess what? Whose opinion really matters at the end of the day. Is it going to give you any kind of growth opportunity? Probably not. Are the haters and those, those trolls going to push you to the next level of your career? Probably not. And usually when they're coming from that place of judgment, where you let that, that fear of shame or, or that shame control you and lead you into a I don't know, usually a negative place. Um, You really have to think, is this good for me? And setting that intention yet again so that you can really put yourself first in in loving yourself back to that, right? Everything's just going full circle today. I love it. There's so many different variables. And Brene Brown, I mean, if you haven't read her books, you've got to read her books. She's just a wonderful person. 100%. Definitely Brene Brown's work is absolutely incredible. And I think that's why people are so drawn to it because it is this breath of fresh air to really talk about some of these things like shame that aren't really talked about usually, but yet are so, you know, embedded and in the core of many of us in stopping us from embracing our full authentic selves. And and just in general, like being able to live life whole. And I think, um, you know, I love what you brought up there around, you know, with shame and how, at the very core of shame is judgment. And often that judgment, if anything, is judgment of ourselves before even the judgment of others. And I think going back to what we were talking about just around self-love, in order to love ourselves and in order to step away and not be, you know, I guess, needing the validation of others and, and being so consumed in their judgment, we have to first let go of our judgment of ourselves that we are not enough or that we are, you know, not worthy or we have these flaws and therefore it makes us, you know, not the perfect picture of who we thought we should be. And I think that part is so important because when we let go of that, that's when we're finally able to embrace ourselves. And if anything, others and the way they view us will then be a reflection of what we truly see about us. Absolutely. And we live in this beautiful time period where there's a lot less pressure to fit inside of a box. You know what I mean? Like growing up, I feel like in the the 90s, it was especially in the 50s and the 40s. Are you kidding me? Like if you were fitting, if you were a woman, you had to fit into that woman stereotype, right? And you had to wear the heels and be crimmed and proper and be ready when your husband comes home and definitely don't have a job, right? Absolutely not okay. So there's a lot of different things to, to be thankful for and really take advantage of today because our society is very woke especially like uh, Gen Z, right? That's coming up right now. I mean, we're ready for the future leaders to take control and really lead in an authentic manner because that's what this world needs. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I think authenticity, if anything, is a superpower. I think that's why when you look at where things like YouTube, when you look at TikTok right now, where it's really evolved to is that people are really looking for that real raw authenticity because it is so sought after right now in in a society where things can, you know, often be, you know, at this level of perfection or, or needing certain standards for us to fit in. If anything, we're breaking through that mold and it's really allowing us to really come out of our, our, like from hiding and really show the world like, Hey, this is, this is who I am. And when we do so, if anything, often it's, we're playing those scenarios in our head that it's going to be worse than it is. But if anything, I found that authenticity is so just welcomed and embraced because it truly is a breath of fresh air. Yes. I feel the exact same way. You know, when I open up about my story, 
people welcome you with arms wide open. It's almost like they like the the wounded bird a little bit better because then they can, <laughs> you know, kind of coddle it and be like, oh, I can open up about my issues too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really neat though, because then that's when those connections grow much stronger is when you can connect at a deeper level like that. Yeah. Well, cause we're just human at the end of the day. Like we are, we're all human. We all fall. We all have our breakdowns. We all have our stories around things that happen. And I think if anything, when we are authentic, we really give others space. Like you said, to open up around their authenticity, to open up about what's coming up for them. And if anything, it's so refreshing to drop the mask and not feel like you have to pretend or, you know, need to, to, to prove anything and just come as you are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, with, I love the work that you do, which is around personal brand branding. And I think there are people often think I have to be a certain way to be a certain brand. I would love to hear, you know, from the work that you've done, what does it really take and how do you get to really create something that not only stands out, but is still authentic to who you truly are? So one of the questions I get asked all the time is how to build that professional and personal side to mix with the the perfect ingredients, right? Because you don't want to be overly personal where you're sharing too much information and you don't want to be too professional where you lack personality. So that's where this, this, it's a science and an art. It really takes a lot of different digging and details to pull together to create the perfect batch of cookies for your personal brand. Um, and it it takes a lot of reflection as well. So usually when I have a client, I take them through a visualization exercise if they're open to it. Not everybody's into that kind of thing. And I totally understand that, but people who do feel comfortable and safe with me, I lead them through a visualization exercise where they dig deep and find their favorite memories their top three favorite memories. And those favorite memories are so powerful that they shape us into the humans that we still are today. Even if it was an event that happened when you were five years old at Disneyland, there's these little things that attribute so much to who we are. And that's the personality and the magic that we need to infuse into our professional brand as well. So Again, this is like a lot of people ask me, what is a personal brand or why do I need it? You think about um, the one of the most boring industries ever, which is insurance to me, or, <laughs> right? And then you think about what did they do to get through to people? They created personal brands like Flo, right? From Progressive and Jake from State Farm. Are they the same person? Absolutely not. Flo's witty and snarky and they actually created their whole like, persona board. There's like six characters now or eight characters from them. And then Jake from State Farm is, you know, you're, you're a standard Midwestern dude picking up the phone to help you out at any time of the day. Um, but those personal brands give a voice to a organization or a service or a product. And that's what makes it really special by talking about these individuals and kind of highlighting their flaws or, or their quirks that makes them really stand out. And then people connect with them on a personal basis, which makes those relationships super strong. It builds trust and authority without even doing a thing other than sharing your story and really embracing yourself truly and fully. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Can I answer your question? Yeah, (laughs) I I love that you said that you bring them into a a visualization because 
those are really the moments like when we're like zero to eight is really the makeup of who we end up becoming. And those things that happen in our childhood are so impactful, but often we kind of forget about them or brush them off as, you know, it just happened then. But I love that you bring them back there to actually who is your most authentic self, which is when you were a child, when there was no, you know, parameters for who you should and shouldn't be yet. And going back to that to really build who you truly are um, now and and to really go back to um, what that looked like for you when you were a kid. Yeah, it's moving. There's a lot of tears that are usually, I feel like a therapist. I feel like I really need to get certified in some form of like <laughs> psychology. I don't know, life skills. I don't know. It would probably help out in those situations, but they yeah. are very transformative for sure. So what have you found in terms of for those that are building their personal brand and that end up coming, coming often a way that is inauthentic, what do you often find are some of the things that don't work that create that inauthenticity? A lot of fear. There's people that are just terrified. So one of the most common things that I see where you can see that things aren't clicking, it doesn't feel right. I'm somebody that's an ultra sensitive, high sensitive, intuitive feeler. And, um, I can really put my, put my finger on these things that are off. And usually it's a fear. Maybe they're fearing that they're casting to, or they, they, they don't want to niche down enough. They don't want to be their true authentic selves and attract that specific designed traffic because they're afraid of saying, turning this person, this person, and this person away. So that's a big thing as well, as it is just them not loving themselves and being completely honest with themselves, because if they're not honest with themselves, they're not going to be honest with what they're offering and that you can see those red flags come up and it's going to turn away a lot of that traffic as well in the future. Mm, yeah. I, I love what you said there just about how, when we're trying to please everybody or trying to fit everybody in the box that we end up, I, I heard this, this phrase that, you know, one of my, my coaches said at one time and she said, broad is broke. Like when you're trying to appease everybody, you end up appeasing nobody. And so, you know, I I love what you said there, just being willing to be polarizing, being willing to not be liked by some people. If anything, that makes you stand out and build, build a tribe of people that love you versus everyone that kind of knows who you are, but not, doesn't really know exactly what you're about. Oh, exactly. I had an amazing connection that I made as a stranger on LinkedIn, Jamie Cohen, what's up girl. If she can hear, she's watching this. She is out of Chicago and she told me she, we, we connected on this, this level where we lived constantly to please others. Mm. We were always going above and beyond and bending over backwards, doing freebies and getting taken advantage of left and right. And what we kind of connected was that when we're trying to please others, we are left completely unpleased. And that spirals us into this kind of negative Nancy area and a, and a feeling of just not feeling adequate enough and not knowing why we're feeling like this, but it's really because we're not putting ourselves first again and living with that intention. So it, it does come around full circle in the sense that you really do have to be authentic and open with yourself and putting, knowing who you are and owning it up. Because if you're making up excuses and you're trying to be something that you're not, it's not going to be fulfilling and it's going to eat away at you. And you know, shoot, you might even have come down with an illness that wakes you up as your ultimate wake up call to make the change. And I hope that it never comes to that and that you take control right now and just own it, own who you are and embrace the baloney because it's the baloney that makes you beautiful. 
I love that. I think that is just the perfect way <laughs> to really tie together and really bring our conversation, um, you know, really, really to a close. I could honestly talk to you all day. I love just like <laughs> what you're up to and just the, just the incredible gold nuggets that you're dropping. I love that your baloney makes you beautiful. So embrace <laughs> you because we're going we're gonna to put that in the head of your baloney makes you beautiful. PG. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's truly, you know, what makes you you. And so embrace it. And so I love that. And thank you so much, Chantel, for just your gold nuggets, just such an incredible conversation and, and your authenticity and, and sharing your story with us. I know I was incredibly inspired and I know our audience was as well. And um, I'm just um, very, very glad that we got to have you today and, and have you on the podcast. And so thank you so much for, for being here. It truly is making a massive impact in the world. Woo-hoo. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so for, you know, all of our audience that want to find out more about you, they want to, you know, look you up, where can they find you, Chantel? Uh, They can find me on LinkedIn is my like, you know, bread and butter. And we had like a five week issue where I couldn't connect with you and then you couldn't connect with me. So I can't really connect with everybody, but I can message there. Also, you can feel free to email me directly at Chantel at chantelsumits.com. So my first at firstlastname.com. And, um, you know, all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Chantel, for your generosity, for being with us today. I'm just so glad we got to have this conversation. So many gold nuggets and, and just truly thank you again. Yay. Thank you. And for our audience, thank you for being with us and, you know, listening in on this podcast today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And until next time, keep being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. We'll see you next time. The Yes I Can podcast is directed by Paul Can. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Can, Chelsea Lynn, and Joyce Sauce.